Welcome to Cowboy Ed. That educational horse ride that takes you in all sorts of directions. But most importantly, we're not about dealing with the messes, like creating them. We're about actually solving them, coming up with solutions, hopefully not stepping in them as, you know, every good cowpoke knows. How you doing out there, Maya? I'm doing well. Well, today we are going to address a, a pretty popular or unpopular topic that's out there as far as what's happening in schools. We're seeing a lot of shortages uh, across school positions, not just teachers, substitutes, uh, bus drivers, paras, staff. But in saying that, to be fair to education, you don't really have to go too far. You could go to a lot of different businesses and you would see possible changes in their hours, possibly not open uh, as they are dealing with shortages of staff. So there's there's a bigger issue and we don't know that we can solve the, the entire issue, but we're going to talk about what maybe are some ways we can help this issue inside of schools, outside of just money. Because as, as any good teacher out there listening knows, it's not just about the money. It's, it's about what kind of impact we have and do we feel like we're having an impact. And that, that goes to our kitchen staff and, and our paras and our substitute teachers. So Maya, I'll just kick it over to you. And you're coming at this from a different direction, looking at it kind of really from the top down. How do you see this issue facing schools? Well, let's just start with substitutes. How do we, what are some things you're thinking about when you think about addressing those substitute issues? Well, I think substitutes are unique to K-12, right? It's rare that we have someone cover a class at the higher ed level. Sometimes we do, but um, typically you have some kind of alternative you know, assignment if the leading faculty isn't going to be in that class. So this is a K-12 scenario. And I think that, you know, as we have face-to-face school and we have winter when people are typically, you know, getting the flu and then we have layered on COVID and, you know, I, I know there's teachers that need to take a mental health day. I mean, there's a million reasons to miss school as, you know, a professional, whether you're the principal or teacher or the bus driver or whatever. And in that space, someone needs to fill in. And I think that right now it's all over social media. It's I can't look at my device without having messages about this shortage or that shortage or this idea. And, you know, it's a little overwhelming because it's gaining the public's attention and we're saying, okay, one, why do we need so many substitutes? And that's an issue that we have to talk about. And two, where are these substitutes all coming from? And, you know, so I think it's, it's a complicated thing to talk about, but it's something that, you know, it's substitutes are a vital piece of that K-12 mechanism. Well, and for sure, substitutes are definitely something we 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 have to have i mean there's there's life events that happen as well as mental health days as well as accidents uh, lots of teachers have kids there's just so many things that can can come 
up that we need to have teachers out of school. So let's let's just shift a little bit and just talk about what does that day, a substitute day, look like? So if a teacher has to be gone, the I guess the the procedure, the pattern that probably has been in place as long as education has been in place. We get a sub, they come in, the kids do what they would have done kind of, sort of, if the teacher was there. And that person, adult, in the room is monitoring, maybe helping them, but guiding the learning for a day, if you will. That's been the pattern. And so maybe part of this is we need to look at just like things in education. Can we change what the substitute day and then also what the substitute teacher is bringing to the classroom, bringing to the students on that day? What do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. I think that you know, historically, you make substitute plans, right, which tackle whatever you were going to do as the the teacher, but you build in all of this scaffolding, right? And that works best, of course, when it's a planned absence. But as we're being faced with, for this need growing, for all of the reasons that we have more subs in classrooms, that setting up that scaffolding probably isn't so realistic, but we're not bringing in like a robot, right? Just to monitor or a, um, you know, a bodyguard or a bouncer, right? For your classroom. We're bringing in people who have some kind of a role in education. So why don't we leverage their expertise, whatever that is, in covering that classroom? And I know you had some ideas about like bringing in experts. So can you share a little bit about that? You know, my it's funny, you know, we substitutes have in every state have different certifications or how they're actually approved to be a substitute. And and we have to make sure that the the adults coming through the door are safe uh, for our students. But with that, do we ever ask the the subs? I mean, when we interview for a job, any teacher interviews for a job, they get asked, you know, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, what they're good at. I, I, I mean, if I'm absolutely not good in a subject. They're probably not putting me, you know, to, to teach that. So why don't we take into account some of those things and start talking to our subs and creating, you know, this, this sub, like an application when they start subbing, say, you know, what are your strengths? What are your hobbies? What are you good at? And then bringing those, those talents into the classroom and saying, okay, we know Mr. Capti's going to be gone today, but instead of Trying to make, you know, this retired, um, uh, this this retired police officer, this retired bank person, this retired somebody that's maybe retired or maybe it's a, a younger person uh, coming in that knows nothing about computer science. We're going to let them come in and share some of their expertise in, wait for it, life. Maybe they have life skills in mechanics and how to change a flat tire. Maybe they have life skills in cooking or how to organize or come up with recipes. Maybe they have life skills in helping people. I mean, who knows what their life skills are, but unless we ask them, find out what they are and give them a chance to have conversations with our students, well, guess what? Now they're not 
mean Mrs. Nelson is back, a sub. They're not, they're not that sub. They're a person coming in, also building relationships with our students. And then they want to come back because the students maybe want to hear a little bit more about it. Maybe if I'm a, a, a mechanic, uh, maybe I, I bring in a tiny small engine and I set it down on the table and I talk about that. And my kids are like, oh, that's really cool. Giving them options instead of possibly taking field trips to go let kids find out about careers. These people are coming in from all sorts of different careers that aren't education. Let them talk about it. Let them share. Let those days be days that, A, as a teacher, I don't feel bad about having to be gone, whether it's sick or the mental health day that you talked about or those things. And B, subs are excited. I can't wait till the next time I get to come into school and, and talk to a group of kids about this. It's kind of like bring your parent to school day, but it's bring the sub to school day. I'm all excited now. The horse is getting kind of getting away from me there, Maya. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, mine's prancing around. So many thoughts. I think um, first, the I'll go with the naysayer first. First, the naysayer is, well, what about your plan? What about the curriculum you were supposed to cover? What about, you know, getting off track or covering all of the things that you need to? And, you know, immediately my thought goes to subs being a piece of that reimagination of education. And I think thinking about, I'm going to call it a reverse field trip, right? Bringing in that person, you know, that could be like a normal part of the educational experience. We so want our students to be connected to the communities where the schools are. What an amazing way to do that. You know, if those subs were a part of the community coming in, bringing in expertise, giving students exposure, opportunities, you know, experiences, just like you would want on a field trip, but you know, and then you're covering that need of the education leadership, right? And having enough teachers and people there to support students. And I think that, you know, I mentioned the reimagination of education. We're so stuck in that vision of school that, you know, the changes from COVID gave us an opportunity to say, well, maybe it doesn't have to look like it always has looked because we couldn't do that. And if we can keep that idea moving forward, you know, we're in this space where we need people in schools to work with kids. So why does it have to be that traditional way? Why couldn't we embrace that reverse field trip or bringing in, you know, a expert in the field for which the class is, um, you know, teaching about. So like a businessman in a business class or, you know, you, you mentioned teaching computer science. Well, how about a gamer, right? Or a game design person? You know, I think there's so many things that we could bring to education if we just thought a little bit differently about how to run the, the space, right? And have those experiences for students. Well, and you brought up so many important points in there, but when we start talking about substitutes and we start talking about what they bring to the classroom, sometimes, you know, it feels like in every school I've ever been part of, we miss out on a group of people in the building right now, 
that build relationships with kids that maybe they're easier to find subs for than teachers. And then they get a chance to build relationships that are even stronger because they've already been background checked. They're already, we already know they're safe for kids. What about the office staff? I would imagine there's some people out there that might sub for a secretary, answer the phone, take messages. And then we could have that office staff who now we really know is an expert in, I don't know, quilting or whatever it may be, has stories from a past or or their life that they want to share. And now they get a chance to build relationships with the kids in a totally different way than they normally do. We also have lots of maintenance, janitorial staff, uh, cooking staff, and maybe finding some subs for them to get people into the building and let those people go tell their stories. We all have stories to tell. And whether we admit it or not, we all want to tell our story. And we all want to help anybody working in a school wants to help kids. So finding a way to leverage some of those people within the building and possibly finding subs that maybe they're not comfortable telling their story or dealing with kids yet, they'll come in and, and they'll work in the office or they'll help in that way, frees up some of those other people that have those relationships already somewhat started with our kids. Those are definite possibilities. And I do, you talked about the naysayer. Anytime we talk about jobs and talk about what other people bring to the table, if we can't connect our curriculum, period, to real life, then our curriculum is not very good. And so to the naysayers out there, when I have a programmer, a mechanic, um, a business person, somebody from the newspaper, somebody, I don't know what, we can just go through the list of jobs that they've had talking to our students, then I should be able to immediately be able to say, you know, that the, the, the stories they were talking about, this is why this is important to know X, Y, or Z and fill in those blanks. And now education's relevant. And if it's relevant, they're engaged. If they're engaged, they want to learn. And Oh, yeah. Whoa, whoa, the horse wants to go backwards for a second. It's going back to an old episode. Then guess what? They actually aren't jumping through hoops. They're learning, which is what we want. So my, I'm going to throw this out. We, the, the ride's going crazy and fast. But the other piece about this, and this might, there's a piece that it goes to education, to all of us in education. So please, all of our listeners, first and foremost, share your ideas with us. But second. Nothing, we, we can talk about the appreciation that those in education deserve and we need to work to get that. But right now we're focused on how we do, how do we get substitutes? So come up with some creative ways to honor, respect, appreciate those people coming into your building because it's not just about the money, okay? Do you put them on announcements? Do you announce them? We have Mr. Smith coming in from this and we are so appreciative to have him. Everybody knows his name. They see a different person in the building. Maybe uh, well, I've seen school districts that have little care bags with a pack of M&Ms, maybe lifesavers, whatever. Appreciation. It's the smallest gestures. So what do you think? Maya? How can we show some appreciation for these people coming in our building? Well, I think there's a million ways, but I think that that it's all about those relationship building. Right. I mean, just even saying like, thank you and recognizing them and you know, I've done my fair share of, of filling in for people and being that sub and 
you know, and you basically sneak in the building, you check in at the office, you sneak back out at the end of the day, right? Because there's not, you're not a part of the community of that school, right? And, you know, you're not there, you're there for kind of a one-off opportunity to be in a classroom. But as we look at society today and the the need for relationships and building community and engaging with each other. I think that, you know, this is an opportunity to leverage that need of bringing other people into the school to do just that, right? Build the community, seek out people that you, you know, run into at the grocery store and say, Hey, this is what we do as substitutes. Would you be, you know, interested and kind of do a little recruiting, do a little, marketing, I guess, for lack of a better word, right? About the school community in your broader community. And I think that that relationship building back and forth does a lot of things. But I think one thing that would really, you know, benefit education is people understanding the realities of what happens in that workspace. You know, what do teachers really do? What happens on a daily basis? How many students are you really interacting with? You know, a lot of people have perceptions of school, but those perceptions are based on their history, not the current social situations. And, you know, I would love to hear from our listeners about those that are choosing to stay as teachers, those who are choosing to leave and, you know, kind of some of those reasons why, but I think it all comes down to the experience that you're having in that local setting. And so, you know, ways to appreciate are really the smallest little thank you and communication and opportunities, right? I know lots of people in my community that if I went to them and said, hey, I know you have a history in this, my class would really love to hear about that. And I know I need to be gone. Would you be able to, you know, be a sub, do this? And that gets into a little bit of red tape about what does it take to be a sub? But, you know, it seems like those regulations are breaking down because of the need for so many subs. So I think we have to just think about community appreciation, how we use subs, all in that space of reimagining, you know, what we do today rather than trying to hang on to what we did in the past. Well, you know, Maya, you bring up uh, so much in there. And, and I think about when you we started off talking a little bit about social media. And if we think about, you know, you go into a lot of businesses, they say, please give us a good review. Please like this. Share this. If you like our Facebook page, you get a 10 percent, all these kind of things. So schools have to embrace that same mentality that in a way, social media is one of our greatest selling points. And we need those teachers. We need those substitutes, those people coming into our schools getting on social media, bragging about how good their experience was, um, telling their story about, wow, I got to go into this and I got to work with kids. And 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 yeah, and they they announced my name or they gave me a, a, a free T-shirt that says I'm proud sub at this school, whatever that it may be. They're selling that that same idea. And so I, I think we've given you some options out there to think about ponder. But we as Maya said, we really want to hear so our listeners can hear uh, and share on all things social media, Facebook, Twitter, those things, what what your options are, what you're doing, or what maybe you're not doing, but you think is a good option. 
So this ride has gone fast and furious and we've got to the end. But before we get to the end, Cowboy Ed lost one of its biggest fans a week ago. And as we all know, moms are terribly important to all of us cowboys out there. And so this is a shout out to all the moms out there. And in particular, my mom, who her comments and feedback on Cowboy Ed Pod will be forever missed. Head them up. Move them out. Move them on. Head them up. Head them up. Move them on. Cowboy up. On the run.